Holy Father in heaven, we are grateful to you for giving us the privilege and opportunity to be among the living today. We thank you, Father, for protection and guidance, for security, for the basic necessities of life like the water we drink, the air we breathe. Thank you for security, protection. Thank you for providing food. All these things have been given to us not because of our worthiness or righteousness or holiness. Lord, they are tokens of your love which we recognize and we say, May all praise, glory, adoration be unto your name now and forevermore. In the spirit of reciprocation, Lord, we want to love you and serve you and give you our lives completely, nothing reserved. So, Lord, we pray of our own selves, we can't do it, so we ask, grant us of your spirit. Give us and shed your love abroad in our hearts that we may respond accordingly. Give you the full loyalty that you deserve and walk today to reveal your love to the people as a light to the world. As we go through the words of our devotion, may we be blessed. Put your words in our mouth that we may speak blessings, courage and hope to all who would listen and may we also be encouraged ourselves. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Conflict and Courage January 3 A Place in Line The lips of the righteous feed many. Proverbs chapter 10 verse 21 Notwithstanding the prevailing iniquity, there was a line of holy men who elevated and ennobled by communion with God, lived as in the companionship of heaven. They were men of massive intellect, of wonderful attainments. They had a great and holy mission to develop a character of righteousness, to teach a lesson of godliness, not only to the men of their time, but for future generations. Only a few of the most prominent are mentioned in the scriptures. But all through the ages, God had faithful witnesses, true-hearted worshippers. How often those who trusted the word of God, though in themselves utterly helpless, have withstood the power of the whole world. Enoch, pure in heart, holy in life, holding fast his faith in the triumph of righteousness against a corrupt and scoffing generation. Noah and his household against the men of his time, men of the greatest physical and mental strength and the most debased in morals. The children of Israel at the Red Sea, a helpless, terrified multitude of slaves against the mightiest army of the mightiest nation on the globe. David, a shepherd lad, having God's promise of the throne against Saul, the established monarch, bent on holding fast his power. Shadrach and his companions in the fire and Nebuchadnezzar on the throne. Daniel among the lions, his enemies in the high places of the kingdom. Jesus on the cross and the Jewish priests and rulers 
forcing even the Roman governor to work their will. Paul in chains led to a criminal's death, Nero the despot of a world empire. Such examples are not found in the Bible only. They abound in every record of human progress. The Vador and the Huguenots, Wycliffe and Hoss, Jerome and Luther, Tyndale and Knox, Zinzendorf and Wesley, with multitudes of others have witnessed to the power of God's word against human power and policy in support of evil. These are the world's true nobility. This is its royal line. In this line, the youth of today are called to take their places. Amen. The title of our devotion for today is A Place in Line. Our key text is taken from the book of Proverbs chapter 10 verse 21 which says, The lips of the righteous feed many. A place in line. What does that mean? It means that God is putting us on the spot and giving us a place in the line of the holy men that have lived before us and he wants us to fill the vacancies that they have left. All through the ages, God has always had a line of righteous holy men that have represented him in a world filled with evil and corruption that manifests itself in various ways. This world, ever since sin entered, has always been in need of men of courage, men of stamina, men of firmness because to meet the dangers and the pressure and corruption of sin requires courage as we go through this devotion titled conflict and courage that is exactly what we we hope to be inspired with we hope to be inspired with courage as we face the conflicts of life the conflict that manifests itself in various ways like persecution. Persecution manifesting itself in various ways like death and sickness and our human rights taken away from us and threats from the world. And we as we read these stories of the line of these holy men are to be encouraged to fill their place. Where are the Daniels of today? Who would represent our Lord Jesus Christ? held up on the cross? That is the question and the last line of our devotion tells us what it, we are to go home with. This is its royal line. In this line, you and I are called to take our places. So what has been the history? This world has had the blessing and privilege of having men who have walked in it representing our Lord Jesus Christ. They have been men of character, like they say today, using those words loosely, men of timber and caliber. But we hope we have them today. 
And this is what God is calling us to be, men of strength and courage. As you enroll yourself into the Christian journey, you would realize very quickly that this journey is not for weaklings. You realize very quickly that this journey is not for people who cannot stand opposition. You realize all too well that this journey is not for men who have no strength and backbone. Whether a woman or a man, you need backbone. You need strength, you need firmness, you need the character of courage and indomitableness if you must continue this journey and see it to the end. In the book of Luke chapter 14, reading from verse 25, it says, And there went great multitudes with him, and he turned, as Jesus turned, and said unto them, If any man come to me, and hate not his father, and mother and wife and children and brethren and sisters, yea, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. And whosoever doth not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. For which of you, intending to build a tower, sitteth not down first and counted the cost, whether he have sufficient to finish it? Lest haply, after he had laid the foundation, and is not able to finish it, all that behold it begin to mock him, saying, This man began to build, and was not able to finish. Or what king, going to make war against an another king, sitteth not down first, and consulted whether he be able with ten thousand, to meet him that cometh against him with twenty thousand? Or else, while the other is yet a great way off, he sendeth an, ambas an ambassage, and desireth conditions of peace. So likewise, whoever he be of you, that forsaketh not all that he hath, he cannot be my disciple. End of quote. My brothers and sisters, this is what it takes to be a disciple of Jesus, to be a Christian. You must be ready to forsake all, including your life. And it takes firmness and courage to make such a decision. But the Lord wants to help us by bringing to our minds men of the holy line who have done this before us. And as we read about them, we are to be encouraged to see that we have not even faced a sliver of what these people faced, but yet they were able to stand. And we read of some of them. The only one I can identify with to an extent is people like Enoch and Noah, but even he we cannot completely identify with them. Let us go through some of the characters that were listed here for us. Look at Enoch and Noah, the antediluvians. They lived before the flood. The record in the book of Genesis chapter 6 tells us that that event has not taken place again and will never take place again. And what is the event I'm talking about? To come to a place in this world where the Lord says in Genesis 6 verse 3, And the Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with man, for that he also is flesh, yet his days shall be an hundred and twenty years. Verse 5, And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Verse 6, Now listen, And it repented the Lord, that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him at his heart. Another version says, The Lord regretted that he had made humankind on the earth, and he was highly offended. And then still, in another version, that's Bible in basic English, it says, And the Lord had sorrow 
because he had made man on the earth and grief was in his heart the world has never ever come to this position again because if it does he will do the same thing again the corruption that teemed in the time of enoch methuselah noah Jared Lamech, the, 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 the corruption that teemed in the world at that time, we have not yet gotten there. Yes, our world is presently corrupt and I can identify with that, but I know that whatever corruption we are in today, it has not gotten to that level where God will say, I regret making man. It has not gotten to that level where God will be so grieved in his heart that he will say, my spirit shall no longer strive with man. But yet, the lesson to learn is that in such depth of corruption there was a holy line of righteous men noah enoch methuselah lamech jared these men they kept the faith and you are to receive courage and then what about the others that were listed wow i have not faced even a sliver of a sliver not even the tip of the tip of the tip of the iceberg of what these people passed through. I've never been threatened to be thrown into a lion's den like Daniel was. There is no monarch, king, chasing after me like it was for David. There is no person that is threatening to put me in the midst of a burning fiery furnace like it was for Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego at the expense of compromise to the commandments of God. It's so easy to keep God's commandments today. Who is threatening you? Who is threatening me? And what is the threat? Is it up to throwing you into a fire? Is it up to putting you in lion's den? Is it up to nailing you on the cross? Or is it up to what Saul was doing to David? Many of us today, we are too weak. We don't have backbone. We don't have stamina. Just a little threat and we shake our knees start to knock. When we look at these men and what they were threatened with and yet they stood their ground. Then what is it you are passing through? Saul, which later became Paul, going from place to place, his life was always threatened. When you read the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and you see the kind of things that Paul said he passed through. He was flogged many times in the danger of robbers, in the peril of his own countrymen. Sometimes he was in the sea all through the night in the shipwreck. And what can we say about that? Have you passed through that before? And yet you are shaking. This is the reason why Paul wrote in the book of Hebrews chapter 12, reading from verse 4 well i would rather say maybe reading from verse 1 but we'll get there after we go through all these men in hebrews we'll get to hebrews uh, 12 later now look at what we are talking about and then after these people we've even talked about jesus do you have any religious entity coming after you and forcing the government to make policies to kill you yet we are shaking and do you think the kingdom of God will be open to you who make such compromises just in the face of little temptation? Can you stand in heaven with Daniel? What story are you going to tell? Oh, they tried to make me bribe and I did not bribe. What is that in, compar- in comparison to what these men passed through? And then we look at the people after the apostles. People like Luther, Zwingli, Tyndale, Knox. And when you read the story of someone like John Wesley, you wonder and say to yourself, Wow, this was a man who almost every day, he keeps getting beaten because of his faith. He goes to preach in a place and they chase him and Tom will catch him and try to beat him up, punch him on his face and punch him on his chest just because of his 
standing for what is true and telling people to live a holy life. The wild seas were thrown off a cliff, women and men alike, and the reformers in Netherlands, the women in Holland, were buried alive. Some of them laid in their grave, young girls of teenage years, at the expense of the king at the time, King Charles, the Emperor Charles, threatened them for worshipping in their homes. You must not worship in your home. You must worship only under the, uh, the dictates of what the king says. And if you don't, you are killed. And many women allowed themselves to be killed. Some to be buried alive. That's what I'm saying. People have had their skins peeled off from their bodies while they are still living. These are things that people have passed through. And as we hear them, we should be humble and say to ourselves, I have not yet striven, fighting against sin. Like I said earlier, we can identify with the corruption part. But with the part of persecution, many cannot identify with. What is it that is going on in your life that you are calling persecution? What has happened to you? When you read these stories, anything you call persecution will just belittle itself, will just go away into insignificance. It is just like comparing this earth to the sun. You won't even, when you put two of them side by side, the earth becomes like dust. Your persecution, your affliction indeed is a light affliction. Imagine Paul passing through all these things and called it a light affliction. If Paul passed through light affliction, then we shouldn't even use the word affliction for ourselves. Not to talk of adding light to it. Don't even use it. We are not passing through anything called affliction in comparison to what people before us have passed through. Things are made easy now, yet there's still great unfaithfulness. People, we must be courageous. This Christian journey is not for weaklings, it is for courageous people. I'm reading now from the book Ministry of Healing, page 497 and downward it says, The Christian life is more than many take it to be. It does not consist wholly in gentleness, patience, meekness and kindliness. These graces are essential, but there is need also of courage force, energy, and perseverance. The path that Christ marks out is a narrow self-denying path. To enter that path and press on through difficulties and discouragements requires men, of course, and women, who are more than weaklings. Men of stamina are wanted. Men who will not want to have their way smoothed and every obstacle removed. Men who will inspire with fresh zeal the flagging efforts of dispirited workers. Men whose hearts are warm with Christian love and whose hands are strong to do their master's work. Some who engage in missionary service and generally in the Christian journey are weak, nerveless, spiritless, easily discouraged. They lack push. They have not those positive traits of character that give power to do something. The spirit and energy that kindle enthusiasm. Those who would win success must be courageous and hopeful. They should cultivate not only the passive but the active virtues. While they are to give the soft answer that, turn it, that turns away wrath, they must possess the courage of a hero 
to resist evil. With the charity that endures all things, they need the force of character that will make their influence a positive power. Some have no firmness of character. Their plans and purposes have no definite form and consistency. They are of but little practical use in the world. This weakness, indecision and inefficiency should be overcome. There is in true Christian character an indomitableness that cannot be molded or subdued by adverse circumstances. We must have moral backbone, an integrity that cannot be flattered, bribed or terrified. God desires us to make use of every opportunity for securing a preparation for his work. He expects us to put all our energies into its performance and to keep our hearts alive to its sacredness and its fearful responsibilities. Many who are qualified to do excellent work accomplish little because they attempt little. Thousands pass through life as if they had no great object for which to live, no high standard to reach. One reason for this is the low estimate which they place upon themselves. Christ paid an infinite price for us, and according to the price paid, he desires us to value ourselves. Be not satisfied with reaching a low standard. We are not what we might be or what it is God's will that we should be, which is to be Daniels, to be Pauls, to be Methuselahs in righteousness. God has given us reasoning powers not to remain inactive or to be perverted to earthly and sordid pursuits, but that they may be developed to the utmost, refined, sanctified, ennobled, and used in advancing the interests of his kingdom. End of quote. And here it is what we are supposed to be by people who the Lord would have us, that as we look at these people who we have mentioned, and I, we cannot exhaust talking about uh, everything they pass through as we go through the devotions subsequently. We will talk about them specifically so that as we read their stories, we will compare what we are passing through with what they pass through and ask ourselves where did they get the strength from? The strength was from the Lord. These men were men of like passions like ourselves, but they had no strength of their own. Leaning on God, they were able to find strength to meet corruption strength to meet threats, strength to meet policies that were made against them like Daniel and even they are making policies today all over the world. Will you cave in? Will you cave in to the policies made by men to take away your rights? Look at these men. As we read about them, we will then realize that I can also have strength from the Lord. Hebrews 12 reading from verse 1, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us and let us run with patience and also courage the race that is set before us looking unto Jesus the author and finisher of our faith who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross despising the shame and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God for consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest you be wearied and faint in your minds. You have not yet resisted unto blood, striving against sin. Amen. 
The Lord is talking to all of us today. Don't let your zeal to flag. Don't become dispirited. Get up from where you are and get courage. Look at Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Look at the men of old who have stood your ground against greater opposition than whatever you are facing now. These things were written for your learning so that you will not lose hope. So that true patience and comfort of the stories of these men, you will have hope. Don't lose hope. Get up. Be courageous. Be indomitable. You are more than conquerors. That's what the Bible says. You cannot, should not be conquered if you are in Christ. And no matter what's happening around you, resist unto blood. Strive against sin. Strive against any policy coming against you. All the threats, be bold to meet it. Be bold to face the pain and the loss that you are going to have while following Jesus Christ. These men have done their part and they are no longer alive apart from our Lord Jesus Christ and Enoch who is in heaven. Moses was a weakling too, but he got strength from the Lord. And you also can have that strength. You see these clouds of witnesses? They are gone. And they have left vacancies. They have left vacancies. These men are the world's true nobility. This is the world's royal line. In this line, you and I are called to take our place. May we take our place is my prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Just to add, the reading says that notwithstanding the prevailing iniquity, there was a line of holy men who elevated and ennobled by communion with God. In other words, God always have a line of holy men. He will go to the depth and degradation of human misery and bring up men of moral worth. Men who will stand and carry the flag of holiness, lift up the banner of the standard of truth for all to see. Men, the reading says, of massive intellect, many of whom we have not even heard a glimmer of. But heaven is replete with names of men who withstood the tide of the flood of immorality. Men who have pressed back the battle to the gate. You see, our Father indeed have children. In Psalms 127 verse 4, it says, As arrows are in the hands of a mighty man, so are the children of the youth. And the quiver of the Lord are all types of arrows. Happy is the man that had his quiver full of them. There are, and they shall not be ashamed. But they shall speak with the enemies in the gate. Beloved, God wants to speak with the enemies in the gate through his children. Psalms 147 verse 8. Who covereth the heavens with clouds, who prepareth rain for the earth, who make it grass to grow upon the mountains. He alone can do this. Only God can perform this. The children of Israel at the Red Sea, a helpless, terrified multitude of slaves against the mightiest army of the mightiest nations on the globe. David, a shepherd lord, having God's promise of the throne. You see, one we've been told with God is majority. 
You see, the reason why many will not fall in line is because they see the impossibility of the mission. So they are yet to take the first step. Whereas God is waiting for you on the other side to take the first step so that when you get to the next, he will tell you what to do. Was it not the problem with the Israelites when they saw the promised land? They forgot that it was not their intelligence and power that brought them. When they saw the giants and when they saw, beloved, they forgot their maker. And so it cost them their lives. And 40 years later, when their children came to the same spot, it was God himself that brought the land, that brought the walls down. When we go to the place and becomes confused as to how to proceed, then it is time to call on the Lord. Let us fall in line. The Israelites fell out of line because they saw the impossibilities. But we have the record here. The Bible keeps record of the acts of men. A record that is worthy of note. Only a few of the most prominent are mentioned in the scriptures. But all through the ages God had faithful witnesses. True-hearted worshippers. Second Samuel chapter 23 verse 8 Say these be the names of the mighty men whom David had, the Tachmonites, that sat in the seat, chief among the captains. The same was Adino, the Esnite. He lifted up his spur against 800 whom he slew at once. Can you imagine, soldiers of Christ, get ready. This was a true soldier, Adino stood against 800 men and he fought for his lord and defended the place and after him was eliezer the son of dodo the ahonite one of the three mighty men with david when they defied the philistines that were there gathered together to battle and the men of israel were gone away you see when you look around the others another around you when the men whom were supposed to be with you in the battle are gone away, what would you do? We proceed. He said, He arose and smote the Philistines until his hand was weary, and his hand clave unto the sword. And the Lord wrought a great victory that day, and the people returned after him only to the spoil. Hallelujah. And after him was Shammah, the son of Agi, the Hararite. And the Philistines were gathered together into a troop where he was, where there was a piece of ground full of lentils, and the people fled from the Philistines. But he stood in the midst of the ground and defended it, and slew the Philistines, and the Lord wrought a great victory. You see, when we engage in this warfare and you see brothers running away and, and you are alone, remember that you are standing with the Lord and when you stand with him he will work out a great victory fall in line brothers and three of the thirty chief went down to and came to David in the harvest time unto the cave of Adullam and the troop of Philistines pitched in the valley of Rephaim and David was then in an hole 
and the garrison of the Philistines was then in Bethlehem. And David longed and said, Oh, that one will give me drink of the water of the wells of Bethlehem, which is by the gate. And the three mighty men, can you imagine, he did not tell them to go, but they saw the, the longing desire of their Lord, and they decided to take the venture, take their lives in their hands, and they break through the host of the Philistines, and drew water out of the well of Bethlehem, that was by the gate, and took it and brought it to David. Nevertheless, he will not drink why he saw the sacrifice so great but he was one that brought hope to all the soldiers that the possibility of going home is certain the same mighty truth that were revealed through these men god desires to reveal through the youths and the children of today the history of joseph and daniel is an illustration of what he will do for those who yield themselves to him with the whole heart seek to accomplish his purpose the greatest want of the world is the want of men men who will not be bought or sold men who in their inmost souls are true and honest men who do not fear to call sin by its right name men whose conscience is as true to duty as the needle to the pole Men who will stand for the right though the heavens fall. But such a character is not the result of accident. It is not due to special favors or endowments of providence. A noble character is the result of self-discipline and of the subjection of the lower to the higher nature. The surrender of self for the service of love to God and to man. How often those who trusted the word of God, though in themselves utterly helpless, have withstood the power of the whole world. Beloved, what we need today is not means of money only. What we need is a surrender, a total surrender to the mighty hand of God. To fall in line into the purposes and counsels of God. He will make all things new. Like our brother have just told us. God will do the work if we furnish him the instruments. He has abundance of facility in men and means. So we that are living today upon whom the end of the world is come. Let us yield ourselves as instrument for service let us furnish the Lord with the means that he will accomplish great things through us for we see the day drawing nearer and nearer for the Lord's appearing no more sitting on the fence no more walking in two lines let us fall in line that line that leads the way to the city of God it is real experience Amen. Let us pray. Our Father who dwells in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Lord, we look forward to the time when we shall be together with you. We look forward to your kingdom wherein dwell righteousness, 
peace and joy and love and the Holy Ghost. We look forward to the time when all things shall be made new. Lord, we pray that you reign in our hearts, even here, that we surrender ourselves fully unto the plan of salvation, that we live lives worthy of emulation, that we become instruments in your hand. Bring us, O Lord, into line, that the lines fall unto us in pleasant places, that we may be partakers of that divine nature, that we may inherit the heritage due unto the saints. This is our prayer to Christ our Lord. Amen.